Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. John chapter 8, very familiar story. For your sake, I'll let you know when we're going to stop reading so that you don't wonder how long I'm going to go. Let me read verses 1 through 11. If you can handle that, say, let's read. Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came again to the temple. And all the people came unto him, and he sat down, and he taught them early, early. Even early, they wanted to hear what he had to say. And the scribes and the Pharisees, they brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery. In the very act, as if it wasn't awkward enough. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. What do you say about it? They said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus, he he stooped down. With his finger, he wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. You ever been talking to somebody and they pretend they don't hear you? Especially one of your kids? Hey, hey. He's just writing. So when they continued asking him, he got up, lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And he stooped down again. And he wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last, And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing in the midst. Jesus lifted up himself again. He saw none but the woman. And he said, hey, woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She answered, no man, Lord. Jesus said, then I'm not going to condemn you either. But I'm going to give you some instruction. Go. Sin no more. Grace does not come without a commission. I want to preach for a while. What I, and it's been stirring in my heart for the last, last while to preach this this morning. 
for whoever the Lord has brought in this place today. And I want to preach on this thought, surviving the setup. Surviving the setup. I want you to lift your hands, lift your voices. Would you do that all over the house? I'm going to turn my microphone off. I want your voices to fill this house in prayer. Come on, lift them loud. Come on, pray that God would let His Word do its work. God. I want, I want everybody that's, that's willing and, and able, I want you to turn and find somebody and I want you to tell them these words. They're not real happy words on a Sunday morning, but I want you to stick with me for a second. I want you to find somebody and tell them these words. The enemy has set you up to fail. Now turn to somebody else and tell them, but I'm going to survive the setup. Come on, testify a little bit. I'm going to survive the setup. I'm going to survive this setup. Amen. You may be seated here this morning. We're so thankful for the great worship leading, all of those that have been a part of this service, the powerful work. We want you to come back tonight hear the choir. Woo! IBC is, we're, we're excited to hear them tonight. I was reminded of a story that I read some time ago. My years in youth ministry, I, I came across a, a story, and it was a young man talking with his friend. And his friend told him, he said, hey, I have set you up on a date for Friday night. <laughs> he, said, he said, what do you mean you set me up? He said, trust me, man, you, you're going to want to go on this date. It's with my cousin. <laughs> Is she good looking? Wondering whether or not he was going to say she has a real good personality. He said, she is good looking. He said, I can't believe you've done this to me. Why would you set me up on this? He said, I don't know if I can do this. He said, he said listen, let me give you a, I'm going to give you a, just a fail-proof plan. When you go to the door... I promise you, she's beautiful. But if when you go to the door, you knock on the door and she comes to the door and if for some reason you think, no, there's no way. This is a bad setup. I'm not doing it. He said, I'm going to tell you what always works. He said, fake an asthma attack. <laughs> he said, what? He said, yeah. He said, I've done it. It works. <laughs> he said, just start going. <clears throat> Kind of put your hands around your throat and start backing off and kind of whisper next time. He said, I, I ain't not doing anything. He said, trust me, it'll work. So he builds up the courage, finally makes it to the address, walks up, sweating already, knocks on the front door. 
hears steps from behind the door. Here she comes, still ready to just kill his friend, setting him up with his cousin. And she comes and opens the door. But when she opened the door, she was beautiful. In a split second, he thought to myself, I can't wait to tell him how much I love him. But about that time, she went, You know, sometimes we can think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. Sometimes we think everybody else has the problem. When it is we ourselves who have the problem. Scribes and Pharisees are not ready to relinquish the authority they have been able to possess and obtain in this season of religious hierarchy and they are quite delighted with the role that they play among the people. And Jesus was an absolute interruption to that. They had placed themselves above Christ. They they knew the law. They just did not know the true lawgiver when revealed. Some people can become so religious that they miss God in the midst of it. They want to set him up for failure. And it gives us one of the most, I would consider, horrific and yet gratifying stories of the New Testament. It seems to read that they are even gathered there in the temple for Christ has gone early in the morning and he is teaching them. Don't worry, I'm not starting this so that we can talk about early gatherings. But we do have morning prayer. Might invite a few more to join. But Jesus is there in the temple and he is is teaching and they are listening and the people who have gathered and they know that he is there and they bring a woman to him. Now I know we've read over it so much and I will will be cautious with this but, but I want to tell you that the language reads odd. We caught her in the very act. To which I ask the question, how did you know? I trust you were not a customer. I'm sorry, but I've seen a lot of people who act religious. They at least knew enough about her To know the lifestyle she was involved in. But my problem with the setting, ladies and gentlemen, is they brought her to Jesus, but not the man. Guys, I'm going to tell you right now, it takes two to take. 
said, and according to Leviticus and according to Deuteronomy, if there's adultery, both of them are to be stoned. Which makes it to read like the man was a part of the setup. I'm going to read it a little finer. And I'm going to tell you right now, from long before that time until now, there are always people who will work to set someone else up. Be careful who you run with and be careful what voices you listen to because some people are nothing more than an instrument of the enemy setting you up for failure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't speak to the completeness of her lifestyle. I don't know where she was, how broken or dependent she was. But I can tell you this, it reads like she was set up. Are you saying she wasn't a sinner? No. If she wasn't a sinner, he would not have said, go and sin no more. I'm not questioning whether she was a sinner. I'm questioning whether or not she was set up. And I'm telling you, I think she was. They come dragging her to Christ. But ladies and gentlemen, please hear me. She wasn't the only one being set up. They were using her to get to Christ. But I feel a little something about the text thinking in the mind of God. I didn't come here for you to be sacrificed for me, baby. I came here to be sacrificed for you. Can I tell you something? In the mind of God, people are not expendable. It's why we send missionaries to foreign countries. It's why we send preachers into every city and every state that we possibly can. Because even though there's a lot that are lost, we believe that the preaching of the gospel can reach to every individual in every place. Well, they're too far gone. I don't think there's anybody too far gone that the right touch of God, the right word of God in the right moment cannot reach to where they are. You can either focus on the scribes and the Pharisees or you can recognize on the fact that there's another one that needs the graceful deliverance of a masterful, merciful father. I'm going to preach on that for a second. I think the preaching of the word of God can reach into every drug addiction and reach past every marital problem and reach past every relationship issue. I think the preaching of the word, if you can get people to hear and respond to the preached word of God, I can't do it, Brother Sleva can't do it, but the word of God, ye shall know the truth and the truth will make you Free. I don't just want to sing about getting up out of a grave. I want to preach about getting up out of a grave. I want to testify about getting up out of the grave. You might not have been like this woman, but you were a mess when he found you. But he found you and he guarded you from the lies of the enemy. He drew in the sand of your life. You're here because of the mercy of God. Pastor, if you really knew my story, guess what? He does. He does. She was set up. I love so many actions of Christ, but I love that he played in the dirt. <laughs> He's just writing in the mud. Heard one preacher say one time, because they were in the temple, he said, I think he was writing, wash me on the floor. When the, 
When the temple you're in charge of is so dirty that there's dust on the floor and dirt on the floor and you're worried about her, you're more concerned about finding things wrong with people than keeping your own house clean. And I'm going to tell you right now, that right there is the lifestyle of a cynical, critical person. Sees fault in everybody else but themselves. Let's dirt build in their own. Oh man, I feel it right there, boy. Dirt filling in their own house, but they can't see the dirt in their own house that they're in charge of because they won't stop looking for the accusations in other people. They're constantly looking at how they can set other people up because the worse they feel, the easier I can justify me. The, the more that they're involved in, they're, they, are, they are not upholding the law of Moses. You ain't even cleaning your house. Before you look at your neighbor, look in the mirror. You're worried about the beam in their eye. You got a rod in your own. You... We, we got to, listen. I'm going to tell you, part of, the way you'll, part of the way you'll help your neighbor is by being honest with you. Be honest with yourself. Some of us wear our spouses and our friends out. I'm telling you right now. Some people are so critical, nobody wants to be around them. Critical, critical, nothing's good. It's sunny day today. Well, it's actually partly cloudy. No, you're partly cloudy. You're overcast. When what you want to say is, you're driving me crazy. You're cocoa for cocoa puffs. You, you, you're gone. They drag her in. Hey! All the kids should be in class, so. Carter! One little guy in the act. Don't you see some of the heads kind of looking like. That was unnecessary. Just wanted him to know. And Jesus is down. Playing in the dirt. <laughs> Talking to him and he's not answering. <clears throat> in the act. As if he didn't hear him. He heard, listen, he heard your naysayers the first time they spoke over your life. I think part of his silence to see if she was, whether, whether she would kind of come to some kind of defense of herself. I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to see whether she's going to fight this battle or let me. You don't hear her talking till the very end. At some point, you got to recognize, I deserve what they're saying. The moment we stop believing that we deserve hell is the moment we start fighting for ourselves. The <laughs> and I know we're baffled he's not talking, but I'm trying to introduce you to the major player in the narrative who's not saying anything either. She's just down there in the ground. She is awaiting the thump of a stone on her body. 
But Jesus kind of gets up because they just kept pressing him. Just kept pressing him. And I promise you, the enemy will only press God long enough. How many... Let me just get a little witness in the room right now. How many have ever been in a place where you were thinking, anytime, God? You weren't saying it, but you were thinking it. Some of you are like, no, I said it. I said it. I actually, I asked him. I told him, anytime. But then out of nowhere, here he comes. What he said. Just, just go there, John 8. John 8, verse 7. He lifted himself up. He that is without sin among you. Some commentators firmly believe that he was not talking about a sinless man, that he was speaking to the specific sin she was caught in. And you got to remember, we're living in the time and the life of Christ where he says, I know the law of Moses, but I'm going to tell you that even to think on a woman as it. <laughs> and, and might I remind you, ladies and gentlemen, the same Christ that is on the ground with his finger in the dirt is the same one in Exodus that says God formed it by his finger. Wasn't the first time he'd put his finger on earth. I know, I know she's a mess, boys. I know she's trouble, but I know how to take nothing and make something. I, I know, I know, I know how to pull a little dust together. I know how to take nothing but dust and start pulling it together and then breathe into its nostrils. And I know how. Let him that's without sin, you go ahead and cast first. Come on, John, help me. Help me. Just chuck it to me. Ooh. Don't you see that dude in the crowd that got a big rock? Because I'm going to tell you right now, they didn't use little pebbles. Just in, case your, just in case your mind has ever thought they picked up little water stones, this was no smooth stone David. This was big, bolder Betsy. She was about to get... <laughs> She was about to get knocked cold. They were looking for kill shots. It's right here. Come here. Come, come, come here, Brother Henderson. Come here. We're going to put your catching ability on. Just from right there. Catch this. A little weighty, isn't it? Give me, give me a toss. I'm going to do it. Come here. Catch that. Come on. Give it to me. Imagine it's coming at your head, not my hand. You don't think it's weighty? You don't think that would hurt? You don't think that right there would do some damage? If I just took this... <laughs> Toughen up. Even the girls didn't move. Come on, boys, come on. <laughs> We're handing out pocket knives this week. I want to talk to you. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, there's a host of enemies that would like to gather around 
get some big old rocks. <laughs> we caught them in the act. Sure enough. Quit trying to spend so much time defending yourself. Quit trying. I'm going to tell you right now. The setup is real. The naysayers are real. I apologize, but even the accusation was accurate. The accusation was accurate. Brother Fridley, there's stuff about you that was true. <laughs> hold that. Hold that right there. That's what you deserve. Is that true? It's tr there's stuff about you that was true. But here's what God, here, here's what he does. Jesus Christ said, I came to gather stones, not cast them. I came to get, oh yeah, he did. He came to gather stones. In fact, in Matthew, you can read, he said that one that the, that the builders rejected became the chief cornerstone. He said, I'm going to tell you a little something about it. You read it in John chapter 1. Go back seven chapters from our opening text and you can read when he talks about calling Simon, which is Cephas, known as a stone. The same one that was going to be mouthy little fella. Yeah? Same one that you can read about. Read about him in the Gospels when Jesus starts talking to them and saying, I got a question for you. Who do men say I am? Uh, Jeremiah, Zias, one of the prophets. How about you guys? Who do you say I am? Oh, I say you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus said, I came for stones like you. Upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. And I know that we talk about the rock as the revelation of the oneness of God, but you better look at it. Simon Peter was the stone. Cephas, which was being interpreted stone. He said, I'm going to take guys like you that others would give up on and I'm going to build the church on people like you that know that without me, you have nothing. Without me. I'm going to tell you right now, if you're here today, it's because Christ stood up and the dead thought of rocks had to fall to the ground while your accusers had to walk away. I'm not saying you were not guilty. I'm just saying that he is greater than your guilt. His mercy, his grace, it is greater than the setup. So here it is today, I've come to tell you. I know you were set up for failure, but I'm telling you, he has set you up for victory. I know the enemy has set you up for divorce, but he has set you up for reconciliation. I know the enemy has set you up to lose your mind, but he has set you up to find joy unspeakable and full of glory. I know that they have set you up as the end of life, but he has set you up for the miraculous healing that can come no other way. Where's your accuser? Isn't there anybody? Don't you see her doing this? No. 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 No, no man. No. Man cannot hinder. Where, where's everybody that told you you'd never make it? Where's everybody that told you this was your last day? Where's the enemy that told you your life was stopping here? 
Where's the person who put, they dug their claws into you and told you you were a reprobate and worthless and a failure and a sinner? Where are the people who left the man and brought you? Where are the people? I'm gonna tell you what, nobody's there. And if we could really open up our eyes, we would recognize that if we will let him fight our battles. I know you've heard it a lot, but let me say it again. If he be for us, I'm gonna say it again. I just wanna see if this side. If God be for us. Get up, Brother Gallion. Get up, Brother Gallion. Come on, I know you can catch. I know you can. It's weighty, Brother Gallion. It's heavy, isn't it? It's kind of hefty. Let, let Brother Marcus feel it just so he knows. Because as a leader, every now and then, that's what people wanna do to you two. You know that, right? As a leader, every now and then, that's pretty heavy, isn't it? That's pretty heavy. That hurt somebody right there. Brother Sleeve and feel that. I'm not playing. That's not, we, did, we didn't put that together in the prop room. And the attack trying to kill your life isn't fake either. And the thing trying to kill your marriage is not fake either. And the thing trying to destroy your mind. I'm telling you, we got mind-crushing problems on every side. But I am ready for Jesus Christ to speak on behalf of his people and let people have to hear... I want people to know I'm going to survive this setup. I'm going to survive this setup. I'm not saying the pain isn't real. I know the pain is real. I'm not saying the stones aren't real. I know the stones are real. I'm just telling you, I'm going to make it out of this thing. I'm going to dance my way out. I'm going to be alive tomorrow. I'll still be here. I know it doesn't look good now. I know it seems bleak today, but I'm going to be an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and by the word of my testimony. Come on, somebody ought to give God praise right now. You are an overcomer. You are an overcomer. You're here because the setup didn't get you. The setup would have killed you already. The enemy would have taken you out already. You're here because he kept you. You're here because he loves you. You're here because he provided for you. The setup was real, but he is more than able. I want you to stand with me and throw your hands towards heaven all over the room and give God praise. Young lady, the enemy wants your mind, but I hear Jesus. Saint of God, the enemy wants you to give in, but I hear the, I hear the voice of Jesus. Neither do I condemn. Please hear me clearly as we, as we land this plane. I'm not saying that you did not sin. I'm not saying that they did not sin. We have all sin. And I am not telling you sin is okay. Pastor made it sound like you lie, you fry. You can't sin. Jesus was not excusing her sin. He was helping her survive the setup. And then he gave her some marching orders. 
I'm not going to condemn you right now. But you needed this moment. Please, please catch this. You needed this. I could have kept you from ever getting in this moment. Same way I was playing in the dirt. I knew you when you were born. I could have kept you from this situation. But this situation is going to help keep you from acting so foolish in the future. God, why didn't you keep me from this? Because you wouldn't have lived right without it. Sometimes we need it. Sometimes we need to stand in the middle of the circle, recognizing according to the law, I've got this coming. So that he can look at us and say, I'm not condemning you. But you better take this moment and go. Go. Some of you cannot live above what got you here unless you go. Get out of the routine that's making you fail. Go your way. Go your way. Not sin's way. Not hell's way. Go your go. And sin no more. Let's poll the crowd. If you've ever sinned, raise your hand. Anybody that didn't raise their hand just sinned. <laughs> you're not here because you're perfect. You're here because He is. I want the praise team to come. I want... I want men and women in this room that are tired of letting accusers come on those accusers the accuser of the brethren you're tired of letting them trying to dictate who you are who you're going to be you say you know what I'm just going to walk down to that altar because I can. Because if he'd had his way, you wouldn't even be able to come to the altar today. If he'd had his, oh, I know it wasn't a physical stone, but it was a word of accusation that wanted to destroy your future. And if he'd had his way, if he'd had his way, if he'd had his way. But Jesus ran interference. If you're here today and you say, you know what? I'm going to survive the setup against me. I'm going to survive the setup against my family. I'm going to survive the setup against my mind. I'm going, to, I'm going to open these altars right now. And I want you to come. If you're physically able, I want you to come. I want you to gather as close to this altar as you can. They're going to begin to sing right now. But I want us to pour out our hearts to God. I want us to hear the commission of God. If you're here today and you've got sin in your life. I'm telling you right now, according to this word, you have got to repent. That's what he was telling you. You've got to turn from sin. That's what repentance is. You've got to turn from sin. <laughs>